waiting for the thumbs up, I was. Uh, welcome and good morning to uh, Heatherville Baptist Church this morning, whether you're joining us here in the sanctuary or whether you're joining us online. If you're online, give us a wave. Normally, I used to have a screen here and I could see them all waving. Are they waving back now? Yeah, good, right. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bereft. So anyway, um, so welcome this morning. Um, we pray that if you're a visitor here, you'll have a wonderful time. The, script, the, the songs will come up on the screens behind us. If you don't know them, don't worry. Just worship with us and, and enjoy being in God's presence this morning. Um, some of us um, were out last night um, celebrating, even though it's not actually the date of their 25th anniversary, we were out celebrating um, Martin and Sarah's uh, 25th anniversary. <laughs> The, the joy of that is that after the service, there is cake. So, you know, I mean, stay after the sermon so that you can uh, enjoy some, some very nice cake, I've got to say, with us. Um, so uh, we look forward to, to, to fellowshipping with you later on with that. Um, before we go any further, I'm going to hand over to Abby, actually, who's joining me in worship this morning, which is fantastic. So, Abby, over to you come down here. Um, hi everyone, so we have another worship night booked in, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we do have little leaflets, but they, I haven't got them today because I forgot them, so hopefully Callum will be coming with them. Um, but yeah, so it's the 7th um, of October, so Saturday the 7th of October, and it's at 7pm, it will be in um, the lounge area, um, and yeah, this night is just a time for us to come together as a family, as a body, and worship Jesus together, there's, we normally have sort of different kind of um, things people can get involved in, there's obviously the more musical side of what we do, but there's flags and ribbons, we tend to try and have a sort of quiet devotional space, a creative space, um, so there's sort of many different spaces just for people to express their worship to the Lord um, in however their kind of heart desires really. So yeah, feel free to come along, it'll be great, and if you want any kind of particular songs or you want to get involved in any way, just let me know um, and we can sure make sure we have everyone involved who wants to be. Um, I think that's it really and we hope to see you there. When I have the posters I'll put them by the front so that you kind of can see them on your way out. Yeah, thank you. We'll cheer Callum as he walks, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's begin our service with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that you are holy. You are here this morning through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just inhabit our praises this morning. Fill us with joy. Fill us with anticipation. In power. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together. You're the Word of God, the Father, from before the world began. Every star and every planet has been fashioned by your hand. All creation holds together by the power of your voice. Let the skies declare your glory, let the land and seas rejoice. You're the author of creation, you're the Lord of every man, and your cry of love rings out across the land. 
Yet you left the gaze of angels Came to seek and save the lost And exchanged the joy of heaven For the anguish of a cross With a prayer you fed the hungry With a word you stilled the sea Yet how silently you suffered That the guilty may go free You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the land With a shout you rose victorious Rest in victory from the grave And ascended into heaven Leaving captives in your way Now you stand before the Father Interceding for your own From each tribe and tongue and nation You are leading sinners home You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the land You're the author You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the land In the name of the Father In the name of the Son In the name of the Spirit Lord we come We gather together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves. Our God saves, there is hope in your name. Morning turns to songs of praise. Our God saves, our God saves. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves, our God saves, there is hope in your name, morning time. 
worship our God this morning. There's nothing I want more than to spend my days with you, dwelling in your secret place of Away. And let that fire 
this morning just lift up your voice in praise if you're on zoom you can unmute and just bring your praise but let's just bring our praise and our prayers before him now let's just thank God for who he is
from my seat that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple in the days of trouble. He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. Consider me high upon a rock, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. Yes. At this tabernacle where I sacrifice with shouts of joy, I will sing and make music to the Lord. Mm, praise Jesus. Praise Lord. Yes. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Kings. Lord, we thank you that we can come into your presence with praises and with singing this morning, with joyful with joyful singing, Lord, just to, to, to hear your praises, to hear that your people singing your glory. Lord, one day we'll stand before the throne singing a hallelujahs. Worthy is the Lamb who was seated, who was slain, who is seated on the throne forever and ever. Lord, we thank you that we will be in heaven one day singing your praises. But while we're here on earth, Lord, let everything that is in us praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So it's time now for the small, the young people to go out to their groups. Are they, are we anyone going out? Yeah, there's people moving, so I'm guessing that means that something's happening. <laughs> Follow Helen. And as the young people are going out, can we also take up the offering, please? Just wait for the exodus to finish. <laughs> the exits are that way, that way, no. Right. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all the good gifts that you give to us. They're sent from heaven above. And Lord, we thank you that you, you give us monetary gifts. You give us spiritual gifts. And Lord, this morning we want to thank you for the money that's been given. And Lord, we would just ask that that would be used to extend your kingdom here in Newhor and also around the, the surrounding areas and to the ends of the earth, Lord. We thank you that we can give to missionaries, we can give to missionary organizations. And Lord, it's only by your grace that we can do that. And Lord, we thank you that your word is going out um, and that people are hearing your word and responding. And so we thank you for that. And Lord, we also want to lift our nation before you. Lord, we pray that you would just sweep across this nation by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need a moving of your spirit here on, in this country. And Lord, we just ask that you would just um, stir up your church, stir up your people, that we would see many come to know Christ. And so we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So in a moment, Tony's going to come and speak to us. Um, I've lost Tony, was he? Oh, couldn't see you there, Tony. But today he's speaking on Psalm 73. Just checking. With, right, okay. I'm just looking at the version I'm looking at now. I'm guessing you wanted it in the ESV, was it? NIV. NIV. Can you change that to NIV? It was. It's NIV now. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's free. I'm glad it's nice and large. My eyes are going. Right. <laughs> Psalm 73. 
Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from the burdens common to man. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree, they increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream, when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Amen. Isn't that a timely word? When we see what's happening in this world, when we see what's happening in our country, isn't that a timely word? Lord, we want to rest in you now as we listen to your word. I pray right now for Tony as he comes to speak. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to hear from you this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Steve and Abby, for leading us uh, so well. I, I'm still physically shaking. And I don't think it's nerves. <laughs> I just think the, the power of the Spirit this morning. I'm just... Which is good. Which is good. Okay. Psalm 73. I don't, I don't know about you, but as we've looked at all these Psalms, as we've been going through, um, you could sort of say all the Psalms are difficult. Uh, whenever you look at them, there is just so much in them. Um, and you sort of go from one place to another, depending on where the psalmist is, and of course where we are at the time we read it. Um, it can be difficult. So I've entitled this Truth in Times of Doubt, because when we doubt, what we need is to overcome that doubt with truth, and the truth will always win. But having seen that psalm and read that psalm, um, it sort of begs a question really. Have you ever wondered if your Christian faith is really worth it. When you read that psalm and you show empathy with the psalmist, why do the wicked prosper and I'm suffering so much? 
Is it all worth it? Because he says, in vain with my faith, in vain am I doing the right thing with God. The trouble is we look around us and we look around the world in which we live and we actually see, don't we, people with no faith being successful. And they seem to have so much more than we have. Or do they? Maybe at the end we can ask the question again and we'll change the answer. Because <laughs> they don't. Um, so, so just for clarification then, for the wicked, uh, they are people who do not fear the Lord and do things that are contrary to the word of God. Whereas the Christian, the righteous, are those who fear God and live according to his word. Or should I put, try and live according to his word. We want to do that as Christians. But in Psalm 73, a man named Asaph, what he does in this psalm is he first of all expresses his frustration to God. And his frustration comes out that he's a follower of God. He's doing all the right things. He honors God with everything he does. And yet I'm suffering all these things. So despite all his efforts, He's going through some very difficult times, and, and a lot of the Psalms come out of people going through very difficult times. But in addition to going through these difficult times, what he's doing is looking around him, and he's seeing people that are prospering. People that have no regard for God are prospering. And so his focus of attention becomes on those around him. In other words, he's looking down or around, and he's not looking up. Because the right place to look is up. When we're in this time of doubt uh, and anxiety, we need to look up and not down or around. So he's taken his eyes off God. He needs to focus his attention on God. But instead, he's locked in on the prosperity of the wicked. Not a good place to be. Asav is not the only one who struggles with this. Because I think if I asked you to raise your hands, if you've cried out to God, why do the wicked prosper? I think probably a lot of us will put our hands up. And it happens, of course, when we're in times of difficulty. Because we look around us and we see people that aren't in difficulty. We're struggling. They're prospering. It's not fair. Yeah. It is not fair. And he's in that state of mind. But he's not the only one. So I don't know how many of you here, because we're all here. And you look at God's word, and you look at different characters in, the God's, in God's word, and you can see them cry out exactly the same thing. So I picked one. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. So I picked, <laughs> I picked Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 12, verse 1 says this. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. So he's, he's setting him up now, isn't he? You always answer me. Yet I would speak with your, you about your justice. <clears throat> Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithful, faithless, live at ease? How many times have we cried that out? I'm sure we've all cried it out at one time or another. And maybe not using those words, but in, in a similar effect. And it happens when we're going through difficult times. The issue is really that we as Christians, this is not our home. 
We're just a passing through. For those that are old enough to remember that chorus. Uh, we're just passing through. That is not our home. We live in a fallen world. And therefore, we're subject to everything that happens in the world. This includes going through difficult times. This includes prosperity. Includes poverty. Includes all that we see on our televisions. We're part of the world. So we shouldn't be surprised that we're going through the same things that the psalmist is going through at this moment. So Christians and non-Christians, the righteous and the unrighteous, all suffer the same things. So it should be no surprise. To, to make the point, Jesus makes the point in Matthew 5, and he says this, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Wouldn't it be fun if God only sent rain on the unrighteous? We walk around in sunshine, and over here the unrighteous walk with us in rain. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. We get the same regardless of whether we're righteous or we're unrighteous. But what's important is what we do not envy the non-Christian. We do not envy and get anxious about all that they have, nor get anxious about all that we see happening in the world. And there is so much in the world that, that causes me to get anxious. But we need to trust God, that he's in control. He knows what is going on. We need to have confidence in God and not in the world. See, Asaph's faith was tested, as we read in verse 2, that his feet almost slipped. He almost lost his foothold as his focus of attention was on all that was going on around him. His in difficulty with the wicked are prospering. But in the end, he says, almost slipped. He didn't slip. And I know. Uh, I've been close. I've been hanging on with my fingertips to faith at times. I have to say, not in this year. With all that has happened in this year, my faith has been so much stronger than I ever thought it could be. There have been times in the past where I've been hanging on, but not at the moment. My faith is in God. He knows what's going on. He's in control of everything that is going on. And Asaph knows this to be true because how does he start the psalm verse one surely god is good to israel to those who are pure in heart so he's made the statement in verse one god is good to those who love him god is faithful to those who love him then he goes into his frustration and his complaint <laughs> so although he's full of doubt he's full of envy he's very anxious Deep down, he knows who is in control. He knows God is in control. And to use a New Testament, he knows that all things work together for good to those who love God. Two things from this passage, that's the intro, two things. Firstly, God's mercy is for everyone. And then long-term gain for the Christian. So God's mercy 
is for everyone. I think it's quite natural because we're human uh, to wonder why God allows the unrighteous to prosper. Because they don't deserve it, do they? It's not fair. They don't deserve it. But you see, God's mercy is for everyone. Because we were in that state at some point. We were the wicked. We were the unrighteous at some point. Then we met Jesus Christ and we moved over here to become righteous, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, when we surrendered our lives to him. And I, I my, my mind just sort of wanders a little bit. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, if I mean, I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was 12. And I didn't prosper very much as a 12 year old. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot to prosper about. But, but if, if, if perhaps you were later in life when you gave your life to Christ, and you were prospering, whatever prospering means to you, I wondered whether or not there were Christians who were complaining to God. So let us, I'll put it, put it as me. So if I gave my life to Christ when I was 30 and I had a good job and whatever, were Christians crying out to God about me? Why does he prosper? Because he's in the wicked camp. <laughs> and I don't. Because I think then that puts it into perspective, doesn't it? That we were once on this side, now we're on this side. What we want to do, of course, is pull up the drawbridge. I'm okay, I'm safe. Uh, I don't want any of that lot. But God's mercy is for everyone. Everyone deserves the same chance. So God extends his love and his grace to everyone. He wants everyone to be saved. But we as Christians, we have an abundance in this life and the life to come. God is loving. God is compassionate. He's merciful and he's patient with the unrighteous as well as the righteous. So why should we expect him to be different with us than with others? We shouldn't. God is the same. Yesterday, today and forever, God is the same. And his message is the same. And I know I didn't have to put this on the slide because you could all repeat it to me. But John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What he doesn't say is you, you, you and you. Everyone. Anyone who calls on my name will be saved. So those who do not follow Christ's ways may prosper in this world. However, their prospering is for a short time only. Only while they live here on earth will they prosper. And then it will come to an end. You cannot take it with you. It will come to an end. So they have a short-term gain, where we as a Christian have a long-term gain. So that gives you point two, where I'm going to go with point two. So the unrighteous have no long-term prospect. The best they can hope for is to make as much money as they can, 
to have all the things that they think they need and to live a life of luxury while here on earth. And then it comes to an end. Nothing. However, God will give them the opportunity in their prosperity to find him. And you think, well, how is that going to happen? But you can read it in lots of people who have fame, who have fortune, who try and look in drugs and alcohol and all these things. It does not satisfy. It does not satisfy. So one example, Bernard Langer, a golfer. For those that are not into golf, he is a professional or was a... Well, no, he is still a professional golfer. He's just on the old people's tour now. <laughs> rather than the young people's tour. Seniors, all right, seniors, all right. So just some of his record, he had 64 victories around the world in his career. He won two of the Masters, that's the green jacket for those uh, into it. He went 16 consecutive years with at least one victory on the European tour. And that was a hallmark of his consistency as a golfer. He became a stalwart for Europe in the Ryder Cup, 10 times as a player, and then once as a captain. And when he captained the Ryder team, Europe had the biggest victory they had over the Americans. And he was also world number one for a considerable amount of time. With all his success, with all his fame, with all his money, and he had a beautiful wife and lovely children, something was missing. It did not satisfy. In his life, was a God-shaped hole that wasn't filled. Now, Bernhard Langer gives glory to God for everything that he has. The hole has been filled and gives praise to God. This psalm fits with many other passages in the Bible that explain that ultimately God will bring all people to justice. For now, as we live in this world, we have to suffer from those who are wicked. And we can see our brothers and sisters in Christ suffering around the world as they are persecuted. They live in cultures where evil is dominant. But God will judge all peoples, the righteous and the unrighteous. We will have to give an account at some point to how we lived our lives. But sometimes God allows negative things to happen to us in order to test our faith. And you know, my faith has been tested this last year. But I'm strong and I'm holding on to God. Job was one of those who held on despite all that Satan tried to do to him and take from him. He stood firm. He would not curse God. He held on, tested his faith, and he's stronger for it. So we as individuals can be tested. Our faith can be tested. We as a church can be tested to see how strong we are. And we have seen in um, recent months satanic graffiti appear on the church. We're under attack. What did it, the first time it happened, and, I, and I'm 100% with Martin, when it happened, we call a prayer meeting and we, we share communion together. God is in control. We are not going to stand for this. 
We're standing on the promises of God. So we respond in the right way. So clearly evil is around us, but we need to stand firm in God. And because of looking at people around us, why do the wicked prosper? It reminded me of the second greatest command to love our neighbors. Instead of complaining about them, that they're prospering, God says, love them. Tough, isn't it? Being a Christian, it's tough. Love them. The second greatest command after loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's more than loving our neighbors. It's loving our neighbors as ourselves. And that is tough because there are people who are easy to love. And there are people that are very, very, very difficult to love. But I'm sure our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world love their neighbor. Love those that are persecuting them. Because they will make a difference to those that they come into contact with. If we hate our enemies, we're no different to anybody else. If we love our enemies, we're different. We stand out from the crowd. And what this will do is to draw people to Jesus. And isn't that what we all want? To draw people to Jesus. So secondly, long-term gain for the Christian. So Asaf, uh, having asked the question of God, why do the wicked prosper? He changes in the second half of the psalm from a negative to a positive. And he then looks at all the good things that he has in God. Psalm 73, verse 25, and I think it, it you know, from his heart, this comes. And I apologize because I've mucked it all up for Jasper. He's, I, put it, I put the slides in the wrong order. Um, but anyway, so that's why it might jump a little bit. Psalm 73, verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. We've got it all. We've got it all. Why should we worry about the wicked prospering? We've got it all. We've got it all. So he changes, he focus, he, he changes his focus from the negatives to the, posi the, the positives. And he concludes that he has more than they will ever have. We have more than any unrighteous person will ever have. And the good news is we have it here on earth and we have it for eternity. So rather than look at others, we need to look at what we have in Jesus. And we have so much. So a better question to ask ourselves is when we are tempted to envy what the unrighteous or the wicked have, are we enjoying all the benefits that we have in knowing Jesus as our Savior now and for eternity? Are we really enjoying what we have in Jesus, all the benefits that we have? You see, there is nothing in this world that can compare to having a relationship with Jesus. When we stop and get a proper perspective, we realize how wonderfully and generously we are blessed by God. 
The first and foremost, I think, benefit of being a Christian is that we belong to Jesus. In him, we have eternal life. In this world, the unrighteous have nothing, or they will have nothing when they die. But in this world, we have a peace and a joy that is beyond anyone else's understanding because we have it in Jesus Christ. You see, we know his presence with us every day. We know his guidance when we ask him for help. He gives us his strength in times of weakness. And he gives us his Holy Spirit to stand with us as we journey through life. We're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus through the forgiveness of our sins, through what Jesus achieved for us on the cross and his resurrection. And the greatest benefit of all is that we will be taken into glory and spend eternity with our Savior. That's, that's what we need to focus on, not those around us, and eternity with Jesus. So what is the benefit? Well, there was only one place to go, really, to sum it all up, and that's 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through, even through the refiners, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. What would you rather have? Prosper like the wicked now, or all that in glory? I know where I'm putting my faith and trust. So all of us need a hope to cling to. We as Christians have a certain hope in Jesus Christ, a certain hope of an eternity with him. And at the start of a new year, you may not do New Year's resolutions. And I know what I'll be saying on the 1st of January, 2024. I hope 2024 is better than 2023. But it's not a certain hope. Because it might not be. I hope it is, but it might not be. But I have confidence in God that whatever he throws at me, and he's thrown some horrible stuff at me, and I've stood firm, that I will be able to stand firm on him. So it's a living hope that we have. And if it's a living hope that we have, then it should grow in us, shouldn't it? Anything living grows. So our hope in Christ should grow as we journey with him through life. And this hope is in a certain inheritance reserved for us in heaven. Special place in the presence of God as adopted sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
However, in the meantime, before we get all of that, we have to live in a fallen world where there is sickness, pain and death and people suffering and seeing the wicked prosper. So like the psalmist, we need to stand on the promises of God. And when we're tempted to envy what others have, we need to focus on all that we have in Christ. And we have more than they will ever have. So he started off well in the psalm with verse one, surely God is good. And he ends well with verse 28. He says, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. In the message, it says my home. I will tell of all your deeds. So where have you made your home? With Jesus and all that he, the benefits of knowing him or in the world without him? You need to make that choice because God's mercy is for everyone, the good and the bad. And he wants a relationship with everyone. We have to make that decision. As for me, I'm standing with Asaph. I have made Jesus my home. And I know I will spend eternity with him. And I have more than all the wicked could ever prosper in this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God of love. You are love. So there is nothing else. It's part of your character. You can do nothing other than love your creation. And you love the righteous and the unrighteous. And you want a relationship with everyone. And thank you that those that have committed to you, we are richly blessed by you. You are a generous giver. It may not be in money. It may not be in physical things that we can have. But you are generous in your love. You're generous in your peace. You're generous in your strength. And I could go on forever. You're just so much. And you're willing to pour all that out on us. Because you see us through the righteousness of Jesus. And we thank you that we have a home waiting for us in heaven. There is no greater place that we could be. And so, Lord, I pray that you will move by your spirit upon all of us this morning. That maybe it is we've got those doubts, we've got those envies, or maybe we don't have you as our Lord and Saviour. Holy Spirit, will you bring conviction? Where there's encouragement needed, that we are in the best place, will you bring encouragement? Where there's challenge, will you bring challenge? That when we leave this place, we would have done business with you to acknowledge that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Let's stand and sing a final song. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. 
to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. Teach us, Lord, full obedience, holy reverence, true humility. Test our thoughts and our attitudes in the radiance of your purity. Cause our faith to rise, cause our eyes to see your majestic love and authority. Words of power that can never fail, let the truth prevail over unbelief. Speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. Truth unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity and by grace we'll stand on your promises and by faith we'll walk as you walk with us speak oh lord till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory and by grace we'll stand on your promises and by faith we'll walk as you walk with us speak oh lord till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory, with your glory, with your glory. Lord, help our faith rise. Help us to be people who are filled with faith, knowing where we're going, and that one day we will see you face to face. And so, Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We thank you that though the wicked prosper, you are king, you are Lord, you are judge, and we thank you and we bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Please join us next door in for tea and coffee. And